0: Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we will be discussing an article for the February issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled, Winter Nutrition, Are You Staying Ahead or Getting Behind? This article is co-authored by Dr. Travis Molinix and Extension Educator T.L. Meyer. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Dr. Travis Molinix. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Well, Dr. Mullenix, the focus of this article is on the importance of paying attention to nutrition for bred heifers and cows, especially as they move into this winter period. This is a time of year that can really present some challenges for us in terms of managing nutrition, as there's a number of factors that can really impact the nutrient status of a cow during this time. Share with us some things that listeners should be paying attention to as they think about managing cow nutrition through this time period.
1: Yeah, so you know, we're really at a critical time point. We're moving closer closer to calving, especially with spring calving herds. And a lot of this article was really focused on spring calving versus uh summer calving herd or a fall calving herd. But uh so if you think about the time frame of where we're at today in almost February and start to calve in, in March sometime, uh we've really got about thirty days, forty-five days that uh, we really need to make sure our cows are in good condition um, and we're not getting behind the ball where they're calving too thin and we're running into some issues with either pregnancy rates or some immunity issues with those calves because those cows were in such a thin condition that the nutrient flow and uh, passive immunity to those calves was low at birth. And so... So it's really critical of where are my cows at today. And so in the window of actually putting body condition score back on that cows, we can right now, it's not as economically as earlier on, but as we move closer to, to lactation and academy, that's going to be more challenging from the aspect of cost. But we've got a short window that if cows are thin, um, we can put some body condition score back on them that they calve in a adequate body condition score.
0: So Dr. Mullenix, if we were to go out and assess cow body condition score today, let's say we've got some cows that planning to start calving March 15th, and as we record this, we're sitting here right at the end of January, first part of February. What are some things producers ought to be thinking about in terms of cow body condition? Where should those cows be today, and how should they think about maybe a process to – work with their situation if they've got some cows that are thin?
1: We'll break this up between cows that are mature and and young females. So a mature cow, you know, sitting around a body condition score of five would be in a good situation. With a younger female, we probably want to be about five and a half to six. And the reason behind it is that the mature cow, they don't need additional nutrients for growth. You know, they're at their mature body weight. Uh, and they've really been through that, that system that you manage under before and have done well under that. A younger female, they're still trying to grow. They're maybe lactating for the first time or, or the second time. And, and so the demand of lactation while trying to grow is a lot. And so it really helps them buffer that stress of that lactation period uh, if they have a little more condition on them versus a, a thinner female at that point. And, and so if if you looked at those cows, I'd say at least a five for mature cows and at least a five and a half for a younger female just due to the demand difference in, in growth between those. And so think about requirements right now. If we got 30 days left, we're in that last trimester. So requirements... Our, our second highest time point of the highest requirements. The other being early lactation. And so requirements are increasing due to that fetal growth and the demands of the fetus. But Even with that, with a moderate quality forage and maybe with uh, increased protein energy, you know, we can put some weight on those cows at this time point. But the key is making sure our quality of our feedstuffs, there uh, I know for a lot of producers we've run into some really lower quality hays due to our, our, our summer, uh, and, and so if if we don't come in with a high protein, high energy supplement and that, with that, or I will not put on that additional uh, body condition score, uh, and so one work with a, a either extension or a nutritionist developing that strategy with your feed stuff that you have and get it analyzed and so so many questions we get if we don't have the analysis it's hard to give you a good plan around your feed stuff to actually help you uh, and so that analysis is very important
0: Dr. Molik share a little about thinking about supplementation strategies you know if we look today at the price of corn that's a fairly economical energy source but when we're thinking about feeding cows on a low-quality forage diet, that probably is maybe not a great strategy from just a supplementation perspective. Help us think through what we might want to think about as we think about protein and energy supplements to complement some low or medium-quality forage.
1: Yeah, Aaron, that's a good point. You know, corn is relatively cheap, and a lot of producers, you know, see that as we've got to increase energy, and corn's the first thing a lot of people think about. Um, The the problem with corn is that it's a starch-based energy, and so if I fed three pounds, five pounds of corn, whatever it is, we're gonna replace three to five pounds of forage intake, and so um, actually energy intake increases, but it it doesn't increase by a whole lot. And there's actually some data showing that it can decrease total energy intake by feeding corn, uh, even though it's a high, high energy value substance, but due to lower intakes. And so there's some data of feeding corn on low quality forages that cows will lose more body weight than feeding a protein source. Um, And and so I would highly caution feeding corn in in these circumstances without a a moderate to higher quality feedstuff. If we're feeding you know alfalfa hay or something that has about uh, 15% crude protein um, that has uh, enough protein in it will we'll work fine with corn. Uh, but these lower quality meadow hays, um we're going to run into some issues. Uh, so a better strategy would be for us distillers it is really a, a really good substitute because one, it has uh, it's a high protein. Plus, it it has a lot more energy to it than corn. And so you'll see a better result by feeding three to five pounds of distillers versus feeding three to five pounds of corn by trying to add body weight to those cows. Uh, And so so I I would be very cautious of coming in with corn uh, unless you have the protein high enough that it can effectively utilize that starch energy and, and put weight on those cows. And so understanding the relationship that corn has with the uh, your forage resources is very important. We can go backwards very quick with feeding corn in a lower quality situation.
0: Let's talk about maybe we've got obviously a cross-section of cows in the herd. We've got some cows that are in good condition, maybe some that are excellent, and then we've got some that are a little bit poorer. Any kind of strategy there as we think about what we might want to do from a grouping those cows up, separating, maybe focusing on certain age groups and managing them differently?
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, that's always a good strategy because you think of body conditions For if I average five, I'm going to have some fours, I can have some sixes to make that five. And so anytime you go out, your eyes always go to the ends, whether or not it's the fat end or or the thin end. But if we have a higher percentage of thin cows, you know, to be very strategic and more cost effective, we can sort those off and and, uh, uh, feed those a little higher energy diet uh, and really target those animals to get those in better shape that we're not feeding an entire group of cows, that some do not need the additional energy uh, at this time point. The, the young females are, are another uh, component that I would feed separately and not run with your mature cows. There, There's benefits to that because of their additional need of energy for growth. And also when you throw those younger females in with mature cows, there's a behavioral component that really uh, works against those younger females. They're not as aggressive as an older female is. And, and so we even see pretty great differences in younger females that are managed separately from mature cows. And it's just a behavioral component. And so I would suggest uh, sorting off your younger females and sorting off your thinner females and being very strategic about who gets the higher energy feed stuff that you have from a cost uh, saving aspect as well. And you'll see those dividends come back in the response in those cows by managing that way.
0: One of the things we haven't talked about that can also really impact the cow's nutrient requirements this time of year is weather. So wet, cold conditions, muddy conditions, those can all drastically increase a cow's nutrient requirements. Give some perspective on the need to pay attention to that as well especially as we move into this time of year when we are often getting into some wetter-type conditions?
1: Yeah, so once temperature gets below uh, 32 degrees, it, it increases the energy demands by about 1%. When we add wet to that, that really changes that temperature mark where it changes energy demands, and it increases that demand by about 2%. And so if you think about what we went through last year in February and March, it really increases those energy demands to to just to maintain body weight. And so if we don't come in and intervene in those circumstances, uh, we can see those cows melt pretty quick. So it's easy for a cow to lose 50 pounds in two weeks in a wet, cold situation. Um, A lot of that's due to energy intake. So if we've got a lower quality forage or lower quality hay that we're we're on, we run into some issues, they just can't eat enough to uh, meet their uh, demands for maintenance. And now we increase that demand or that maintenance due to the cold stress. And it's just not one day of cold stress or two days of cold stress that can do it. It's actually, we get in those prolonged five, seven days you'll start seeing a difference in body condition score after that if you didn't come in and intervene pretty quickly. And so cold stress plays a big role in um, adapting your feeding management and coming in and intervening with higher energy uh, supplement or strategy. And just like we talked about earlier with corn aspect, if we're all in a lower-coholi situation, uh, I would be very cautious with intervening with corn rather than intervening with, let's say, distillers uh, in those circumstances.
0: Well, Dr. Mullen, anything else you'd like to highlight on this topic as we point towards wrapping up?
1: Yeah, I, I would say, you know, your, your cows tell you a lot. And so, one, body conditions for monitor those cows, they'll tell you what's their direction. Look at the environment conditions that we're faced with. Uh, and so if it gets cold, gets wet, we, we probably need to consider changing how, what we're doing. And then just, you know, look at those thinner cows. We've got to consider, is it worth sorting those off and feeding those differently? And from the aspect of preparing her for calving and rebreeding, but also the impact that body condition score has on that fetus as it's growing during this late trimester. And so we'll have a long-term impact by that body condition score, how we manage those cows on that subsequent offspring. Monitoring body condition score and intervening when we get situations where we get really wet and really
0: cold. Well, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Erin. For more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, you will be able to find this article, as well as resources on cow body condition scoring, forage testing, and protein supplementation on low-quality forage.